Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We're addressing today the theme of evangelism. David this morning brought our minds to the heart of the one who is involved in evangelism. Tonight I want us to think about something that really is the history of evangelism. It's something that I had not ever considered before, something I had not followed through before. And when David started this, it jostled my mind and I began working on some things that I would like to present this evening. I've said many times over the years that I don't want to be the minister because I think we all ought to be ministering. I had not ever thought before that I don't want to be the evangelist, but I don't. There are some preachers who say, and they like being known as the evangelist. I don't want to be the evangelist because I think all of us should be evangelists. I don't mind being the preacher. A different word, keruxo, that refers to the giving of sermons. And I don't mind doing that, even though I understand that there is plenty of, if you will, competition here. I've said many times, this is the one church I've been to that doesn't really need someone to present sermons. They got so many who can do it and do it well. But if I can hold on to that title, The Preacher, I don't mind that at all. I'll keep it. Let's think about evangelism. Let's think about the concept. And it leads me to think about, when I thought about the history, here is what I found. I want to present a few things to you that might help us wrap our minds around a concept and give us a deeper appreciation for the things that we are talking about. If you have an outline, I will follow it a little bit. I'm going to flip it around two or three places. But I want you to think with me about this or these thoughts for a few minutes. Number one, God did not create a new language when he wrote the Bible. There was no special heavenly language. I read today of the thought that some people in studying the historicity of text seem to think that maybe God created a Holy Ghost language in order to present His message to people. That has been the underlying thought in the Bible discussion in 1 Corinthians 14 about tongue speaking. That God somehow imbued those people with a divine or heavenly language that nobody else could know except the one who was interpreting the tongue. That's not what tongues are in Scripture. When you read that text very well, contextually, you will understand that he's talking about the speaker uttering a language, a real human language that he had never studied before. 
And therefore, to know that language without having studied it was a miraculous gift. And then one who could interpret a language he had never heard would be a miraculous gift. But it was not a heavenly language. That's exactly what we have as the underlying resource from which we get our Bibles. God used Koine Greek. Just Wednesday, while up at the academy teaching, I found out, did not know they were doing this. But the middle school has a class in Koine Greek. I think that's just fascinating. The idea is, and I asked them about it because that fascinated me, and they understood that the term koine is a term that means common. A little bit more background. Classical Greek refers to the language spoken from about the 8th century to the 4th century B.C., It was a higher form. It had elevated language. And it continued for a time and was used later in court settings. It would be what we would refer to as the high language. But then, interestingly enough, there was this guy. This guy came to power. He he was an interesting fellow. He decided he wanted to rule the whole world. Alexander the Great. He died at age 32, having accomplished incredible feats in his lifetime. His language was a form of classical Greek and branched off of, there were three different forms of classical Greek. The Ionic form, his particular dialect broke off in a branch called Attic. And he spoke that language. And because he conquered the world, because it was his empire, everybody learned his language. And therefore, the language of Alexander the Great became the language of the people. In the historical records that archaeology has found or used, they have discovered, for instance, that even in Egypt, they have uncovered this language, and it was used for everyday things like a shopping list a receipt, or a will. And it became known then as the common language of the people. Koine Greek. God didn't create a brand new language. God used a language that everybody already knew, and it was common. It was not the language that you had to be educated in order to speak or to understand. It was the common language. 
that they used to write those shopping lists. And then they would go down to the marketplace. And while bartering for the food they were going to buy to feed their families, they were using this language, this speech. And that's the language that God used to write the Bible. I want to borrow from David's lesson this morning. I already spoke to him about it. He challenged me. And I'm going to take up the challenge. He challenged me in public to do some one-verse wonders. We'll go back to those, which means you get to participate by sending me a one-verse wonder that we can talk about. But I one day will use the one he challenged. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. As he was preaching, I was looking at that word. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should come or should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I thought about that word, slack. And then I looked it up. In the language that the people understood, the language that God used to talk about the things of himself. And here is what I found out. God is not a slacker. He is not tardy. Were you ever tardy to school? Did you ever have to go down and sign in after everybody had already gotten there? And you go down to the office and you got to sign in. You were tardy. God has never been tardy. And that verse says he's not tardy. Here's what it means. Galatians 4 and verse 4. In due time, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. What is he saying? In due time, God is not tardy. When the time is right, when the opportunity is right, God always does the right thing at the right time. And in the right way, he is not tardy. Why did God choose the time of the history of the world to make his announcement of the new covenant? Why did he choose that moment for everything to begin in the new covenant era because it was the right time growing out of Alexander the Great's empire. The Romans came along and adopted his language. Then they, on top of what Alexander had done, they connected the empire through a system of roadways and a system of money. 
and a system of government. And all of a sudden, for the first time in history, the whole known world was connected. And now, that world was ready. The time was right for God to do what He did. And then we find our word for today, evangelism. Various forms of that word that we use that you will recognize, we've already talked about, evangelist. The one who announces. Because the word evangelism literally means good, E-U, meaning well or beneficial, added as a prefix to the word, angelos, from which we get our word angel. It also means to announce. So you have a good announcement when you evangelize. You have the gospel, the good news. And so to evangelize is to speak the good news, to offer the reward of the good news. This is that concept. I want to read a couple of things to you. Here is one definition, written out definition. If you have the outline, it is there. For those who don't have it, let me read it. Concerning this word, evangelism. The messages were seen as a gift of the gods. When the message has been received, sacrifices are offered to them out of gratitude, but also in order to hold the gods to their gift. They consider the news of the divine leader's birth, coming of age, or enthronement, and also his speeches and decrees and acts are glad tidings which bring long-hoped-for fulfillment to the longings of the world for happiness and peace. There was no religious context to the word evangelize. It's about, really, an announcement concerning a change of regime. Listen to these words. One of those announcements from a three-volume work in the Greek language. It begins each section with a history of the word prior or outside of Scripture itself. This was an instance in the province of Asia in 9 B.C., marking the birthday of Augustus Caesar, September the 23rd. Of this day, it is said, is a day which may, we may justly count as equivalent to the beginning of everything, if not in itself and in its own nature, at any rate, in the benefits it brings. 
Inasmuch as it has restored the shape of everything that was failing and turning into misfortune and has given us a new look to the universe at a time when it would gladly have welcomed destruction if Caesar had not been born to the common blessing of all men. Whereas the providence which has ordered the whole of our life showing concern and zeal, has ordained the most perfect consummation for human life by giving it to Augustus, by filling them with virtue for doing the work of a benefactor among men, and by sending in him as it were a Savior for us. And those who come after us to make war to cease, to create order everywhere, and whereas the birthday of Augustus was the beginning for the world of the glad tidings that have come to men through him, using there the word evangelize. Paulus Fabius Maximus, the proconsul of the province, has devised a way of honoring Augustus hitherto unknown to the Greeks, which is that the reckoning of time for the course of human life should begin with his birth. The word evangelize was not a religious word. But for our purposes, let's take that history and now understand evangelism. Let's think for just a minute about the effect of that word on the ears of the first hearers. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. I am evangelizing great joy to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Those shepherds who knew about the announcing of a change of regime, they knew about the decrees given through a, a messenger that would bring joy to everyone, they heard the gospel, the good news. They were evangelized. Good news. There's been a regime change. The new ruler has been born. And soon... 
That new ruler is going to be enthroned. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. There Jesus said that he had come to preach the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this, he said, is the gospel. When those people heard Jesus present the gospel, when they heard Jesus say, I have good news that the kingdom is coming. There's been a regime change. Jesus has been enthroned as the new ruler. And it brings joy to all the people. Luke chapter 4. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel, good news, evangelize to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. His decrees benefit everyone. His decrees are for every single one. And as those good announcements, that good news about the new ruler has come, the regime change has happened. And his decrees say that every single person benefits and his actions Everyone will be appreciative. Matthew 4 and verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. His actions are so great that multitudes will follow him. Good news. There's been a regime change. And we have a ruler who will do nothing but good. But as in all of those announcements, 
there is a sacrifice or that is a reward that's going to come to those who accept it. Why did these announcements always bring joy to the people who receive them? Because they understood there was a reward. And Jesus said, There is not one who is forsaken. Houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or land. For my sake and the gospel. Who will not now receive in this life houses and families and lands a hundredfold. There is a reward for the regime change ruler who has now been enthroned. But there is a price to pay. Jesus closed the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake and the gospels. There is a sacrifice that must be made. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. To evangelize is to announce the good news. And when those first people heard this word that they had always heard when a proclamation would be given from the ruler for something new and great and wonderful and produce great joy among the people. And here comes Jesus. And he's taking that same word, a word that they had heard over and over, that they connected with some great events, some great joy, some great people. And here now, it is embodied in the person, Jesus Christ. To evangelize is to say this. There has been a regime change. This is good news. And when we live out that good news every day, we are shining the light in a dim and dark place. I spoke to one of our men this morning, and we were talking about his work in a very difficult place, in a place where God, that we understand, the God of the Bible, not honored. He seems to stand with maybe one other for the morals and the values that you and I would find in Scripture. And as tough as it is and as difficult as it is, he has a light to shine. As long as he's there, that place has access to a wonderful light of Jesus announcing 
the enthroned new ruler. It's the life that we live that evangelizes just as powerfully as the words that we speak. Understanding that we are talking about a good news in the midst of difficulty. God planned it. It's not by accident. He didn't create something brand new to explain it. Oh, he created something new. But he housed it in the language and understanding of the people so that when they first heard it, they would have a depth of meaning and understanding that we are trying to learn about. I think that was powerful. And I now appreciate evangelism anymore, more than I ever have before. It's a great theme today. Wednesday night, we're going to get to hear it in action as David gives us a report and, a, and a, an opportunity to get an inside view of what's happening in Guyana, what has and what's going to be happening. And I hope that you'll choose to be a part of that in person. And if not there, choose to be a part online and to hear the great things about the good news going to another country. Thank you for joining us this evening, and I hope that this has been beneficial in your understanding and our understanding of God's good news to us. And as always, may God bless our country and our church and every one of us to be evangelists for God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.